You're listening to the Misfit Island Podcast. I'm Felicia Bauckham. We are two misfits who are exploring the intersection of social political issues, current events, and the personal development industrial complex. Join us on this journey of exploration, whether or not you're a misfit. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Hi. Hello. Hello. So, hey, welcome everybody, whoever is listening to us. How are you doing today, Felicia? Oh, it's um, been an interesting few days in that we've gotten a lot of rain and I'm a little done with seeing it. So, yeah, it's been overall good. Overall good. It's just, you know, I'd like to be outside and just enjoy the sunshine without getting rained on. How about you? I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Actually, it's I'm doing good. Um, I feel you because that was us. Uh, for a couple of days up until yesterday uh we actually spent days of rain 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 i couldn't go for my regular walk and i have to say even other stuff that i do physically like workout i noticed that i just don't have the energy to do it at home um <laughs> i love to do it outdoor but the the only thing is that you know the rain brought us a a break from the heat which is now back here in Miami, full force. Um, yeah, so besides that, it's, it's good, kind of like um, feeling what's happening um, in our country. But, and hey, it's, it's been happening, you know, in terms of racism and police brutality. So it's, that has been kind of like taking up a lot of my energy this week I have to say but I am also reminding myself to practice self-care absolutely yeah for sure uh, recent events with police violence and with biases with the pandemic with people wanting to open things up too quickly I um, yeah a lot of that is weighing on my mind as well for sure and at the same time I savor the time that I have as much as I can to take care of myself. I get in some naps where I can. I play with the cats. Um, we have a bird that's been tapping on different windows of the house. <laughs> and, and so, oh my God. Um, it wants in. <laughs> what was that? I said it wants in. It wants to come in. <laughs> Maybe, or it's threatened by the house or it's telling us to move or mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure what's going on. And wow. um, so we get to enjoy that. I think it's an Eastern bluebird. Blue, ah, blue That's what it looks like. So, um, yeah, it, nature is just really helpful in that regard, too. And it's hard to, I don't know, particularly like standing in the rain. So it's hard to enjoy nature when it's raining all the time. So it, nature is I a huge you. part of my health care practice. But if mm -hmm. I can't do that, then certainly I find other ways to to um to take care of myself in the midst of all the madness going on in the world definitely and i, I hear you because actually well my my go to this um the, when it was raining was just relaxing taking naps and also i'm not big on tv or anything like that but i had been just watching some stuff on netflix so i took it easy you know 
So, um, so we just want to basically, uh, be, you know, let people know, because obviously this is going to be shared later on as we're recording this today. So this is the week, um, where, uh, George Floyd, the African-American man, black man was, um, murdered by a cop. Uh, well, there were several cops involved, but one of them specifically had his, um, knee on his neck for several minutes until he passed. Um, so this is what's happening. Um, you know, there's a lot of protests. It's uh, all over. And then we be prior to that, we had a white woman, um, Amy Cooper, who at a central at this um in Central Park over on Memorial I think it was I mean on Memorial Day was there with her dog not on a leash and Christ, Christian Cooper not related to her um which is an African American man had asked her per as the rules because he was there bird watching the rules of the park is to have your dog on a leash and he had asked her to leash her dog and she seemed to feel she apparently she felt threatened and she she told him she was going to call the police and she was going to tell them that an African-American man was threatening her. And, you know, she did call the police. Thank God he was not. Um, he left the, the area unharmed. But this had this really sparked a lot of conversation around racism uh, wow, right privilege, entitlement. Um, and then the next day, like we couldn't even, because we saw this in the evening, Monday night. And then the next day is when we found out about George Floyd, which apparently happened the same day, but we found out late Monday. I guess some people found out. I went to bed. My sister told me she saw it on Instagram really late. Uh, I didn't find out until Tuesday afternoon. So we thought it would be... Um, to talk about racial biases um, because I, I, we're not going to focus on George Floyd much today in terms, and when I say that, not like in a way of dismissing it, but it's just that for me, like when I brought it up, I actually wanted to have a conversation when I saw the video with, with what had occurred with um, Amy Cooper, with the white woman who called, who said she was going to call and she did actually call um, the police saying that a black man, an African-American man was threatening her, which there was none of that it was completely untrue. Um, just so people know, in case they don't know, she apparently she got, um, she got fired from her job and also the dog, because there was something she, I saw the video. She was basically like, I don't know if it's in her, distress and her fear and her all of that she was mishandling the dog and um she had she turned in the dog back it's a, it was a rescuer and when i saw the video i saw the fear in her eyes i saw um i guess what could be translated as hate and entitlement and for me the way i saw it is like that fear and i felt like it was a teachable moment for not just for white women or any other white person, but I think even for, because for me, I always say, I always feel like racial bias, and I've had to work on my racial biases as well, is 
many of us who are people of color, we have it too. Because we have, um, we've ingrained, we've inherited stuff from white supremacy. And I, I thought it was such a teachable moment because for me, the way I see it is that her fear comes from what she has learned to be afraid of black men. And then there was also this sense of entitlement when she said, I'm going to tell the police that an African-American man is threatening me. And she specifically, like, basically she called out a particular group. And it's sort of like we all know what happens, like the, the relationship we see all the time being played between police and African-American male. So, like some people were saying, she basically put his life in danger. Right. And the thing is, is that, you know, what's happening right now, and, and that's why I, thought, I felt like it was so important to have this conversation is because, yes, in the middle of us, um, many of us are like protesting. Some of us are like, you know, making calls. Many of us are making calls and asking for the police officers who murdered George uh, Floyd to be, um, for to the officers to be charged. We want them to be convicted for the for murder. We're, you know, people are, you know, shouting and on social media. And the thing is, is that I feel like sometimes what's happening is that we may see racism as what only what we're seeing, like, oh, this cop doing this to this man, to this black man, because that's what, you know, we keep seeing it. Or a couple of weeks ago, Ahmaud Arbery was, uh, was shot and killed by these men who seem to be white supremacists, white men. So the thing is, is that we, when we see that, we're like, oh my God, but we're not noticing, uh, for a lot of us, we're, it's like the, all the racial biases, all the other ways, which I think, and that's why I felt like the incident with Amy Cooper was such a teachable moment and we could all learn from if we're really willing to take a step back and really look into our own biases. Right. And I'm going to nerd out for a moment because um, a few mm -hmm. years ago I went to a an HR leadership summit. And um, there was a section about, about first impressions. I mean, the whole mm -hmm. conference wasn't specifically about that, but there was a section about that because a, a guy was talking about um, discipline, listening and looking at potential and employees, but he wanted to bring up biases. And so basically I'm just going to share that there was a 2003 University of Colorado study that said, we categorize people in 100 milliseconds based on race and 150 milliseconds based on gender. And what's interesting is that it mm. takes a shorter amount of time to categorize mm -hmm. people based on race than it does on gender. And again, this is a mm -hmm. 2003 University of Colorado study not making this up. And what this is pointing yes. to is that for everybody, this isn't just white, black, Hispanic, Asian, mm -hmm. for everybody, we have some internalized biases that yes. we have picked up. And within a mm -hmm. matter of milliseconds, we are making a judgment about somebody. Yes. 
And it's based on that judgment that we will take action, unfortunate actions, even tragic ones. And I do even wonder in this case with Amy Cooper, if it was a white woman or a white male that spoke to her about the dog, what would she have done instead? Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's asked yes. that question because I have not been in any of the dialogues on social media about any of these issues. So I have reasons for that, but I wonder what well, would have happened what- if it was a white woman or a white man instead. Or if it was mm-hmm. an Asian well, person, obviously, if it was someone, yeah, <laughs> someone else, it, it, it's it's it would it would have been an interesting experiment. Definitely, and, and you know what? There's something about this, Felicia, that I have to say, and this is why for me, you know, um, I just you know I just want to reiterate for people that again, like I'm Haitian American, um, and I did not grow up with the African-American experience. And I have to say in some way, I have not experienced a whole lot of racism towards me. Um, the th- and for many years, I didn't understand the African-American experience. I didn't understand it. And I always say that, you know, you know and I've come to seeing, you know, that anti-blackness is you know, which stems from white supremacy is very much alive, not just in white communities. We see it in our own mm-hmm. communities. We see it in people of color, in, you know, in all the ethnicities of people of color, you know. And I know for many of us, we have been taught to be afraid of black men. Be afraid of the black men that looks a certain way, that dresses a certain way or you know, we, we have been taught that. And going back to what you were saying, I actually today, I, I, I read, because sometimes I'll read, especially if it's a friend, I read a, a thread um, where it was actually around, well, it was actually an article sharing about, and I guess it's something that's important to share too, is there's an article that's been written saying that Amy Cooper is a liberal because obviously we are in an election year and I have to say we are so divided. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's because there's just so much happening, but I feel like there's a division that I'm seeing that I feel like was not there, I don't know, a year ago. It's, it's, it's like really bad. And it's, you would think for many people that there's like, oh, if you are Democrat, if you're a liberal, then you're not racist. <laughs> right. And if you're a Republican, you're immediately, especially if you support Trump, you're immediately, um, ra- you know, you're immediately racist. And so there's an article saying that Amy Cooper, the white woman who actually, I have to say, she actually came out and apologized and she said she's not racist. And that's why I think it was even more important to talk about this because that is the thing. We are being racist and we don't even realize it. Many of us are doing it, you know? And so within that thread, going back to Felicia's point, So somebody, because somebody shared the article saying that, you know, racism is across Mm -hmm. body lines because, you know, and which, which is true. And so 
this white woman in there was saying that, oh, well, she, for her, that she, she saw fear that the woman felt threatened and that she would have felt like this with any other man. That she brought it as a gender thing. Like a woman feeling threatened by a man. Instead of like how many of us were saying it, is that there was a sense of, and that's where I think not only for me, I see that not only her entitlement was about, oh, I am entitled how, you know, I'm going to call the police on you because she pulled out her right privilege mm -hmm. card to me. And then also she felt like, how dare you, to, how dare you talk to me? How dare you tell me what to do? How dare you actually tell me to follow the rules? Who, you know, it's almost as if you are a black man and you're telling me a white, like it was very, and, and, you know, so, and when some, you know, this other, you know, so this black woman got on there and saying, no, 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 there's this whole gender thing. And, you know, it's because, I mean, unfortunately in our society, we have been taught society tells us to be, to be afraid of the black men. Yeah. Well, it, when we see in the nightly news how many black men have been arrested mm. for this crime, that crime or the other compared to the white men, then, yeah, or it doesn't. Well, I'm speak, speaking specifically to men about men. Mm -hmm. But when we see mm -hmm. that it's mostly black men that have been arrested or committed some sort of crime or is wanted for some sort of crime, then it gets internalized. The media helps perpetuate whether it's intentional or not, but some might want to argue in some circumstances it is intentional to perpetuate yeah, this idea yeah. that black men are dangerous. They've perpetuated the idea that Muslim people are dangerous. And there's some right now saying that Asian people are bad people because of the coronavirus. Because of so the yes, this is the mm -hmm. kind of stuff that gets perpetuated. And of course, some social media is a hotbed for that nonsense. So we've we've got. You know, this is not entirely somebody just deciding one day I don't like black men or I think Asian people are dirty no. or whatever. And it goes further back. And when you grow up in an environment, whether it's within your family, in your school, in your church, watching television, where you're constantly seeing people portrayed in certain ways, then you yes. pick up on that. Whether you, you don't you know, mm -hmm. consciously think of this stuff, it, it becomes part of who you are. And you don't realize it. And of course, you know... Just to step out uh, away from this for a second, I grew up in a military environment where I was surrounded by a variety of people, and I still saw those messages through the media, through magazines, listening to my parents mm -hmm. or my friends, or um, I didn't spend a lot of time in church, so I can't blame the church. But yeah, so it's not... Um, that I was because I had grown up in a more cult multicultural environment and even spent some time in the Philippines. It doesn't mean that I'm not racist at all or I have no biases. I still heard some things about other people. I've heard things about the black community. So, yeah, this is yeah. this is stuff that gets into us from a very young age, and yes. what we don't realize 
as we're out and about in the world, you know, whether it's walking our dog or going shopping or boarding an airplane or whatever the case might be, is that there are other people in the world and they're not all bad or they're not after you or they're not trying to infringe on your rights or they're not trying to do, you know, they're not trying to cause harm. But somehow you get this idea that there are certain people that any minute now they're going to do something and you need to watch out and the police will be on your side. And some people have certainly got the privilege of knowing that the police are going to be on their side, which is highly unfortunate. Definitely. Definitely. And, and, and the thing is, is, you know, the danger with not, you know, not like you said, you know, with these ingrained, um, internalized biases, the media projecting constantly because I was telling Felicia that whenever I turn the TV on, if I'm watching my local news, most in Miami, Florida, most of the crime that's being committed, they'll tell you it's a black man. They'll tell you black men, black men. And which is why, you know, like recently, This woman who actually killed her son by pushing him in a canal, lied to the police, said that two black men, like she actually, you know, I think she's Hispanic, but this is what I'm trying to say. This is not an issue just in the white community. Like, cause we, you know, and where did she pick this up? And also she's seeing that, oh, well, you know what? They're always being acute. They're always saying that it's them doing stuff. So I can just blame it on them. Yeah. And, for, you know, for her, that, that's, that that's racist. It is. So, so this is why I wanted to, you know, to, to say this. And, um, you know, people don't realize how when we say, okay, like, well, again, just, you know, recent, like today, actually, there's, there was a target that was looted. I don't condone um, violence. We'll talk about that another time. I do have my view regarding these type of protests that sometimes turn into violence and, and looting and stuff. Um, but I saw somebody said that, oh, these lazy, they're taking advantage. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's racist. Absolutely. When you're calling a particular group of people lazy, well, you're willing to racist. jump on that narrative almost immediately without giving yes. it any thought or consideration. Yes. It's because that's what, because that's what he, that's yeah. what I'm saying. This is the thing. Well, I had somebody told me recently, somebody that I was having a discussion with who it was around, you know, the African-American community, the experience of African-Americans here, racism in America, telling me how that there's not somebody who's white telling me that, oh, well, yeah, but you know what? Oh, a lot of them are lazy. They're not doing anything because, you know, immigrants come here and they achieve. And I was like, wow, check, that's your, check your racism, right? Like, that's race, that is a racist statement. Like, people don't realize it, that this is, like, because basically that's a stereotype. Mm-hmm. And this is why for me, I'm thinking like there's this outrage about, oh my God, I can't believe this, you know? And what's happening is that a lot of us 
are getting are all cut up in contributing to the outrage, which I'm not. Yes, there is a right to be outraged. There's a right to be angry. But we're not willing. We're not yeah, doing our yeah, own work. Absolutely. Like instead of saying, you know, we're not doing. Instead yes. of saying, like one woman saying, I'm not racist. Why not say, I see where I need to do better. Take ownership of mm-hmm. the gaps in her thinking and her biases. We all have them, and say, "I see where I need to do better." Instead of defending herself, oh, I'm not racist. Totally, do better. Yes, and and another thing too, when you're tone policing. Oh yeah. When you're saying that you get to tell me how I should grieve, how I should protest tone policing that's like you know y- you know and, and and for me it really makes you like and that's another thing and i was thinking where did we learn i'm not saying that i'm for violence but where did we because i noticed that when black people get upset and get enraged oh it's seen as like how dare they or you oh you know what they're you know they're no we're we're losing credibility we're told that we're being you know we're we're losing credibility but then where's the outrage when it happens in other communities especially the white community and 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 i was thinking where did we learn that to tell our own people many times that oh my god you're you know you're losing credibility now that oh you're taking you know you're taking advantage you're being lazy where did we learn that that's white supremacy. <laughs> Absolutely, that, that is for me. That yeah, it is. Yes, it, it's and and you know even from a gender standpoint, men can be angry, men can be passionate, men can be directive and bossy. Yes. But if a woman does it, what's wrong with her? She must be on her period. So it's the She's same angry. thing with white and black, yes. and oh yeah, or white and Hispanic, or you know, it's like only white people can be angry and speak their minds, but everyone else needs to mm-hmm. calm down or speak in a certain way. But you know, when, when the tone policing is happening, whether it's from a gender standpoint or mm-hmm. a racial standpoint or class standpoint or any standpoint, when that's happening, it's like the person is doing the tone policing. They want to shut the argument down. They're feeling uncomfortable. They don't want to be forced to face their privilege or their issues or how they're contributing to the thing. You really do have to ask what the tone policing, who's benefiting from me having to change my tune? Yes. 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 That's my thing. It's like you're being told, I'm being told how mm-hmm. I should behave. And to me, the moment that you're telling me I'm being told, you're actually trying to control me. And you're actually also, to me, you're being very insensitive. Absolutely. And you're actually telling me that, you know, it's, you know, actually, I saw this quote. Actually, I had to go look for it earlier because I was like, oh, I should share this at some point. But it was like, it was basically saying, you know, Many of us in the black, in the, well, many of us in the people of color community and, and a whole lot of white people like to say they are more committed to order than yeah. to justice. Oh yeah. I've heard that statement. Mm-hmm. And I, Dr. Dr. King, yes, Dr. King has a quote that says that. 
because that's when you know you're more committed to order than to justice. And here's the thing: as much as like, well, like I said, I didn't, I don't want, I didn't want to really go into this too much today. But for me, I just think that, well, you know what? Why, why don't you ask yourself what's going on? You know, why do people feel? I mean, I mean, hey, I know for me, sometimes if I don't feel heard, I'm frustrated. Well, it's, it's very. <laughs> It's very, very anger-inducing to not be heard and, and to not... It's very frustrating. Yes. And, and to be constantly be... And to be constantly... Be shut I down mean, and gaslighted. It's... it's Yes. Yes. And, and then also to see that people can get away with hurting people yeah. from your community. I mean... I was... I don't know if I, was, if I told Felicia that, but I know I've told other people that, that... You know, the people who are on the front line doing work around racial justice and making sure um, whether it's cops or others who are who are do you know committing hate crime are prosecuted. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Like, I'm so grateful for it because like I get tired. Like the other day when they the thing happened with Ahmad, you know, Arbery and then like the like. As I'm like doing things, making calls and sharing about it and making the calls and stuff, signing petition, next thing I know, I go and I found out that this this black woman gets shot by police eight times and killed in her mm. own home for no reason. So it's like it's it's happening. It's like every time you turn around, it's it's happening. And this was not even a month ago. We were we were talking about these two cases, and now we're talking about more. And, and it's like it, it. I mean, to me, I mean, I was just thinking: if people are angry, they Absolutely. are right. This to be is angry. centuries of violence against people of color. And to, I mean, well, the yes. whole the nation was founded yeah. on that. Essentially, you know, we drove the Native Americans off their lands, and then imported people from Africa. You know, the slave trade. And exploited them. And here we are, America. And so this is centuries of violence that's been happening. And then we're basically told, oh, but it's in the past. Don't be angry. Or if you got something to say, be nice about it. Because I'll hear you better if you, you know, tone it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tone it down. Yes. And don't loot. Don't yes. do that. Yes. Oh, you know what? Okay, you can. You know what? You can. You can say Black Lives Matter. You can say. Um, you know. You can say your. You know. You can ask for justice, but please. Oh no 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 no! Don't get loud! Don't get loud! And please don't break no, anything. Don't burn oh, no, anything no, no, down. No 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 no! You know, like oh no no. Yeah, don't don't burn anything down. Don't do. You know, it's like because basically, you know, no 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 no. That that's not that's not good. That you know. It's like you have to be the good. <laughs> it's 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 so. And the thing is, is that and here's the thing is also, and this is what I need people to, to get is, for example, like when you're if somebody's looking at Amy Cooper's video, if you can say that you don't see anything and you understand why she acted the way, and when I say understand, when okay. Maybe not. I don't want to use the word understand, but basically, if you if you see yourself there, you need to check check. Like, do let's do your let's do your work. Like, start doing your work because 
And that's why I think it's a teachable moment because it's not as, you know, overt, like as cruel or whatever, even though it is cruel because he could have died. But I'm saying at least it didn't end the way we we're, we're not. And, and I just couldn't, I mean, I can't even think about the fact that I, the guy was saying, I can't breathe. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? It took me back to Eric Gardner, you know, in 2014. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what is this? But going back to what I was saying is that, you know, the subtle, the things that, well, I don't even want to call it subtle, but it's like looking at this and look to see if you are, if you can like say, oh, I think I could have done the same or I would have, that's when you have to, that's when we all know, let's, let me do, because even for, I mean, I don't know if I would have done, like, I mean, done that, but I know, for example, if I'm watch, uh, if I'm watching something and I see this woman who starts feeling scared because she sees an African-American that looks a certain way, dresses a certain way, I can relate to that. And that's when I know I have to check myself. When, when people say things like, oh, well, I don't get this. I get that because I used to think like that before. So now I'm like, okay, I have learned to check, to really look into my own privilege and also look at my racial yeah, biases. I have a confession to make. Just earlier today, before it started raining, I was walking in a neighborhood with a couple of dogs and um, there were a group of Mexicans working on a house. And I felt an immediate hesitation mm-hmm. about going closer. I'm like, what is that? And I was like, there, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it really, I have to check myself. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I mean, I was going to say, you could take your president friend, but I'm like, no, our president, but I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, yeah, well, and I think it did. I mean, I'm not going to blame <laughs> a certain individual for that. I think there, there's a certain amount yeah, I know. There's I a certain amount of, name, in the past, actually. I've had to deal with street harassment, street calls from a variety of men. I mean, there was this, there's a story. I went to Paris, uh, my first trip to Paris by myself about, you know, I think it was 2005. And I get off the, the train to get around the Louvre and this Egyptian guy comes out of nowhere. I mean, so, you know, I, I've had to deal with a certain amount of that and and construction workers in the past two walking by a construction site and people were like hooting and hollering and all this stuff. So that I think is, I think it was probably less the fact that they were Mexican and even less that they were men. Well, maybe more so that they were men working at a, they were building a house or working on a house. So, but I had to stop and check myself and I'm like, what mm-hmm. do you think is going to happen here? It's broad daylight. It's fine. They're working on the house. Yeah. They're fine. And yeah, I'm here. So, and they're there and hopefully they, got out of the rain and they got paid well so um but yeah i yeah that's my confession definitely i mean and and i have to say too i mean i really have to say that you know i have to check myself as well like or i would be i mean very honest actually i did a facebook post about that i I don't know. I, I could, I, it would have been, it would be very hard to find because I don't even remember when it was or anything, but where I, I shared somebody's thing. It was one of the things. And I was the type of person that would say, what's wrong with these black Americans? What's wrong with them? Why does it, they're always complaining. Like that's what, because 
because I didn't have I didn't have mm. the experience. And even now, I can say many things I haven't had it. You know what I mean? So that's the thing. And it, and it's like I had to really look into my own, you know, biases. And this is why, for me, um, you know, when people talk about doing racial justice work, like for myself, I always say yes, I want to do it, but I it's it's going to involve not just white, because for example, like I I know in my own community. We have a lot of racial biases and we have a lot of stereotypes and we've bought into a lot of the stuff that mm -hmm. has been fed to us about, um, about African-Americans. And, um, you know, and then let's not even talk about the yeah. anti-blackness. So, and, and the thing is, and this is what's happening and this is why you know, I think these type of conversations and I know there's a lot of people doing the work they're doing trainings, they're doing, you know, they're having more conversations is to bring it to light because a lot of us who are actually right now screaming about this are very much, we have a lot of racial biases. We have a lot of internalized and ingrained stuff because, I mean, hey, let's, let's face it. Most of us were colonized. Most of us, our ancestors were enslaved. Um, white supremacy when they talk about dismantling white supremacy and you know and really like dismantling anti-blackness this is not it's about not. white people only and again i'm not i'm giving them a pass <laughs> no i don't not at all but i'm just saying that it's because the way i see it um yes we need to be outraged and yes we want justice and yes we want the police uh, we want the police force to do better. We want law enforcement to do better. We want, um, you know, we want, but we also want everybody because this is, you know, in order for the looking at the collective, looking at everybody, in order for us to really um, dismantle white supremacy, we all have to yep. do our own work. Yep. We all have to admit that we can do better. And yeah, I can because, do better by the Mexicans yeah. building. Yes, house. because we're. I, mm -hmm. yes and and i could do better by because even now sometimes i have to say sometimes i might be driving and then suddenly the this black man looks you know to me he looks weird he looks suspicious or he looks whatever and then i'll just lock you know i mean i'll lock my door or i'll go i'll across the street i won't like i'm just saying like so these are things and that's the thing. It's like we have to have the courage. It is hard work. And having this conversation, it's hard. But we have to be willing. You know, there are things that I didn't even realize that it was like part of like racism. That is, very, that is you know, that was being racist. That is very much, um, you know, racist. Like, you oh. know, telling somebody you sound <laughs> yeah. black. You know, people don't realize that the whole slogan, make America great again, is a racist slogan, yeah. too. You know, white savior complex, you know, spiritual bypassing. You know, it's it's like there, there's just so many things that, you know, we don't realize, you know, um, not challenging racist jokes. And then there's. There's also a lot of things in the personal development space and the wellness industry, 
that have come from other cultures but have been appropriated and whitewashed to make them more palatable to the mainstream masses, mm-hmm. the mainstream Western masses. There's also that. Yeah. And, yeah. and people of color have bought into those things too. Those of us who have been detached from our lineage because of the, the violence of the past or because, and I'm not trying to throw my family under the bus, but I don't, really know anything from an ancestral point of view like what did we believe what words did we use or phrasing or what foods did we eat or what what were our spiritual practices (laughs) that a lot of what I learned has been through American culture through and basically colonization Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, I was reading something yesterday that they were saying, and it, it was like there's this, um, it was a, a meme where it talked about, you know, like basically overt racism that is not acceptable. And then the ones that are like very much like, I guess, you know, that are acceptable. And it's like, you know, telling somebody, you, you, you know, you don't talk black or, you know, white silence like the fact that you're, you know, they're saying that's part of, you know, that's part of it too. And color blindness. Oh my God. I have to say like for a long time, that's how I was mm-hmm. like, cause I grew up like that. Um, I don't know if it's because, you know, um, I grew up in a country where it was mostly black people. Although, like I said, Haiti very much has anti-blackness um, and it's culture. Like it's very much ingrained. And, you know, based on, you know, due to white supremacy and being colonized. But I used to see, I used to be like, oh, I, you know, I used to be, I'm colorblind. I used to say that without realizing. Yeah, same here. I wanted I to believe saying. that too. I that, used to about think myself. like that too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not, um, you know, school to prison pipeline. You know, people don't get that. I mean, the fact that, I mean, I know we're going to do an episode uh, at some point on food deserts and disparities um, and why, you know, why, and we can all, you know, talk about, and this is why the, um, the black community, people of color have been, um, they've, they've had, we've had higher cases of COVID and higher cases of death to, to, to with COVID-19. And the thing is, is that people don't realize that that's due to also systemic yeah, both racism. in terms of the microaggressions that people of color face every day and also the quality mm-hmm. of care that they receive when they are in the hospital, if they make it to the hospital, if they're there long enough. What, what, mm-hmm. what kind of care do they actually receive compared to other folks? Definitely, definitely. So it's, you know, so, you know, uh, you know, really, I... At the end, like what I want to say is just there's so many resources. Um, I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure. Did you? I, I haven't read it, so I'm not sure. I, I mean, I know a lot of people are sharing it. Uh, this book called How to Not Be a Racist. Um, Did you hear about it, Felicia, or no? I'm not certain that I have. Okay. 
Yeah. So I won't, um, we won't share about that because I don't know, but basically I just, you know, what I really want to leave. And I think we're going to be talking more about this. Yes. I'm um, sure. At some point. It's a big topic. Because, Hey, it's, it's not, it's a big topic and it's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, actually we might, I mean, unfortunately for many of us, we might spend our whole lifetime going, you know, having these conversations because obviously, like they say, it didn't happen overnight. So mm-hmm. it's not going to go away overnight either. Um, but, you know, I just really, you know, my intention and what I want to leave people with was really just to say, because that's something that I'm doing for myself as well, is just really look at our own biases and really look at, you know, where did we get the, and really get that we got that because it was um, ingrained. It came from, you know, because of, of white supremacy, like we don't even realize that we are being racist towards mm-hmm. sometimes our own people <laughs> and many times, and then at a, a t- other times, other, you know, another race, another ethnic, ethnic group, you know, um, like, I don't know if that woman in Miami realize that she was being racist when she she actually well i mean that you know what she did about lying about some other people is is bad but the fact that she put it on another community is racist and also knowing like it's almost as if oh yeah you know what they're always they always say they're the ones doing Mm -hmm. things that's what the news always always reporting that's racist somebody told me once that oh well you know there are more black men, you know, in prison, it's because black men commit war crimes. That's a racist statement. Very. Telling, you know, um, calling somebody, um, you know, saying that a certain group is Mm -hmm. lazy is racist. Tone policing, choose, you know, telling people how they should protest or not. And having police show up at one protest (laughs) and not another is racist. Mm, yes yes and also like somebody showed the other day they were saying if if you're looking at an image if you knew either if you've seen that meme or let's say you've been paying attention to the news and you see these white men and women who were in the police's face at the state capitol in michigan who were in their face fighting because they wanted the economy to be reopened and, you know, like going about that and didn't get any type of, you know, at least there were no, no, no violent against, no violence against them and seeing how uh, protesters Mm -hmm. were tear gas just a few days ago, actually maybe even yesterday again, but I, uh, you know, just a few days ago in, um, Minnesota, um, like, look, look to see what happens when white people are protesting and what happens when black people or other people of color are protesting and look at, I mean, and if you, if, if for some reason, if, you know, if anybody thinks that, oh, well, the reason why, you know, black men are getting in issues or people of color get issues with the police, it's because, they they are the ones committing the most or they're disrespectful you need let, let's look at like, they're, that's something that you want to look getting at getting arrested <laughs> and going to jail because they're the most targeted i mean and then on the outside of the 
reopening protests, mm-hmm. I, I asked a question, where are the police? Because if it was anyone else, if it were, you know, if it were the students oh, protesting please. against school shootings, if it were the Occupy protesters back when that was going on, yes. if it were Black Lives Matter protesters. And mm-hmm. I did see that there were some anti-vaxxer protests in California. Those people, some of those people got arrested. There were police there. But these reopeners, it's like, uh, where are the police? Now, there yeah. were some people in North Carolina who were arrested, about four people, at least, maybe more since then. Um, but I know at one point, some people were arrested. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I don't see the kind of interaction with those protesters if I, as I've seen with other protests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's really... Um... Yeah, it's and that's the thing. And this is why for me, like sometimes I wonder, and here's another thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to call it racist. I don't know if it's part of the list. I, I, I'm not going to look at it right now. But for me, here's another thing too, is if you, if, if I would say if anybody is willing to just not look at it, like, oh, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to pay attention it really shows that, you know, you're so privileged and you're not willing to look at somebody else's. And I'm not even talking about looking at the videos or anything like that, because I think that's, um, I think that's traumatic, especially for people of color, for black people to, to be watching it. I was just telling a relative yesterday, stop watching Mm -hmm. those things. Don't send me those things, you know? And, but I think that, to pretend that it's not happening, to not willing to even acknowledge that it's happening. Yeah, that's an issue. Bury your head in the sand or to be like, well, it doesn't affect me. So, but here's the thing with what happened in Minnesota. I have two nephews, young nephews, one's 13, one's about six months old. What kind of world are they going to have to deal with as they get older if this keeps Mm -hmm. happening? This affects me. I don't know the person. Yeah. I've never been to Minnesota, but this still affects me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Let me tell you something, Felicia. I was, um, when I found out, and that's the thing. I don't know if it's because it's so, it happens so much. Because obviously, it's like, I know. I already know about it. I know. But when I found out, when I came out, because I was out grocery shopping, I didn't even know anything. I hadn't been really on social media. I went earlier, but I didn't even stay. I just posted something. And then I left. And I came back. So around like, it must have been like 2.33. I, and it's when I, I, I was like, what? What? I can't breathe. And I'm like, wait a minute. Am I like, I feel like I was like reliving something that happened already, you know? And my brother called me. And I said, okay, and no, or, you know, and I was like, okay. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to call you back. And guess what? He didn't call me back right away. And I don't know why I started getting Mm. scared because of the fact that he's out there. Like being a black man. And I was just like, it it gave me anxiety, you know, and it's like, you know, for all of us, we, whether we have like you, your nephews, you know, those of us who, you know, who are in relationships with black men and, you know, related to black men, you know, whatever friends, you know, good. 
it's it's it can be very much like I was like I I couldn't understand. I was like, wait a minute, I never feel like that. But just because of what had happened, it was like so fresh and so right there that I was like, oh, how come he's not calling me back yet? Oh my god, what if he gets stopped by the police? Because I don't know. It's like because it's you know it's you just you know and then somebody I've heard people say that oh well he's not gonna do anything wrong because they always. A lot of times for some people, and that's even people in our own community, in the black community. Well, I know for myself in the Haitian community, I have made comments. Well, and I said Haitian black, but I'm, I didn't mean. Um, so, you know, who are saying that, um, oh, well, you know, well, mm-hmm. well, he should have done this or he should not have done that or whatever. Or, or sometimes they're, you know, it, you know, they and it's like, wow, like. You know, oh, well, you know what, if they if they didn't get in trouble, is it, and then sometimes, you know, yeah, there are people that, and I was saying to myself, although now some people are saying that apparently it could have been a $20 that was like a, a fake $20 that he had, but like somebody said, maybe he didn't even know. I don't know the whole story, but this is what I said. Even if he was aware of anything that he was committing forgery, absolutely, he does not deserve to die. He had that guy yeah, had there no right. is no one on the planet. Well, okay, I maybe I should not phrase it that way. I think that, well, I what I'm trying to say, or what I'm trying to messily trying to say, is that we have victims in these circumstances, and people want to justify their vic- their being a victim because of something they did something that was questionable. And, and, you know, certainly if you kill someone, you molest someone that's off the charts bad. And I don't think he still deserved to die at the hands of the police like that. And so it's just, no, no. Yeah. It really floors me when people say, well, he, she, whatever, shouldn't have done that. Back with the Trayvon Martin case, I heard comments mm-hmm. like, well, he shouldn't have been in that neighborhood. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that guy was not even a cop. <laughs> That's the worst. He wasn't even a law enforcement Yeah, law, I'm not you know, sure any, if I, any, what any, I said they, came like out the way I wanted it to, to say, but I just, but yeah, totally I'm in agreement. It doesn't matter what he did. He did not deserve that. That, that, that doesn't justify the behavior of the cops. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And that's, so that's why, you know, because, and, you know, I think it's, it's very important because unfortunately, um, I think there are much more of us who are, and when I say us, I'm talking like collectively, like as in everybody, not just, I'm not talking about races. I mean, everybody, not specific races that, that are racist who may not act the way yeah. this officer did, but we're still racist. Or, or we still have racial um, tendencies. We're still, we, we have these ingrained um, and, you know, racial biases in us that we need to do the work to, uh, because that's where, I mean, for me, I think, I'm sorry to use her as an example, because for me, actually, like I told Felicia the other day, and actually, this guy, Christian Cooper, the guy, the African-American man that she called the police on, was saying he didn't want her her life to be torn apart. Because 
I don't know how I completely felt. Although, like I, we talked about, I'm sure there are some politics. I, I don't know if I'm not about shaming. I don't think shame um, should, is an effective I tool. Agree. It's not yeah. an effective tool to any type of change. Uh, for sure, not racial, social, economic, just to anything. Actually, I think for any type of transformation or change, shame does not yes. work. Shame is not an effective tool. We should stop using shame. Um, and actually, and you know, to, add, to not shame people, I think we might say something, well, that's a shame, this situation, but like telling, like shaming somebody. So for me, this is not my, that was, that's not why I'm bringing her up. I just think that she was just a good example of how somebody's racial bias, somebody's white privilege and self and, and self entitlement really comes up and shows all her racial stuff. And 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 the fear comes from it's it's a it's race. It shows her it shows that ingrained racism right there because maybe she didn't even realize it, but the fact that she was like saying what she said and took and did what she did um, that I think a lot of us can. And this woman who's a white woman who's married to a white man said, I mean, to a black man and has children with him was saying how she would always think she wasn't racist, but she was saying that looking at Amy Cooper, like prior, you know, even before she was like, she saw that she would have done anything like that before. And even now it's like a continuous work for her, to do so she was sharing with her with especially for her other you know her white women friends to tell them yeah. that they need to yeah. look within that's and that's the teachable moment there is to look within um to to really mm -hmm. yeah well and yeah, i think it, right it, now there's a lot of looking without <laughs> we're looking out i mean not without we're looking out there Oh my God, yeah. that cup, that, those cups, those cups. <gasps> but not, we're not willing to do well, that. Well, we got to look within, within and of course it can't stop there. You know, and it, we treat people better, get involved in some sort of activism, oh, no, no, call no. The, the mayor, the police departments, oh, the, yes. um, anyone involved, um, do whatever, do whatever it takes to, to make this world better. But you know, we also individually got, we've got to do yes. better as well and we may not entirely be able to yes, remove yes, all of definitely. our biases unfortunately some of it is so deeply ingrained but we can still stop and check oh, ourselves yes. and we can make an effort to treat people treat people better instead of reacting and reaching for the phone or the baton or the gun or whatever tool happens to be on hand or even words and words hurt too um, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, uh, Felicia, when you were saying that, I was thinking about how, you know, these things that we did not inherit right. in them, we didn't, we didn't hear inherit them overnight. So it's actually, we're, we probably are going to spend our lifetimes, I mean, our lifetime having to, you know, check ourselves and we might, when we're going to forget at times. So it's about, and it's not about feeling sorry for ourselves or beating ourselves up. It's really about just choosing to be committed to catching ourselves and, and doing that work. And it's about, it's not about being perfect. What I would say, I know it's hard because having these conversations is hard because even for myself, there are people that I'm more comfortable having it with them. But I would also say that 
one of the things that we can also do, I think it's important for us to have these conversations at our kitchen tables, in our bedrooms, in our gatherings, because what happens is that if, like when somebody says something racist, when if it's a friend or a family member, like have the, you know, gently, you don't have to, nobody's telling you to go and scream, but like bring it to their awareness. And I know for myself, I need to get better with that when I hear the anti-blackness comments around me. I, I have noticed that how I am very much, um, there are people that are more, and for me with, with my own family members, it, ha- is ha- it has had to really educate them more mm-hmm. on um, the LBGTQ community. Because, you know, I mean, my parents are very old fashioned, you know, they're very much so. But just to say, um, I know that sometimes, you know, with some people, it may, but I think it's it's something that is important to do because, you know, like they say, sometimes it's it's actually that's where the the change um, can really happen and the transformation can begin. It's doing it at home doing it with our communities and in our, you know, small groups and in our friends, because actually if we, I think that if we all at least, or most of us committed to doing that, we can bring about the change probably (laughs) much faster than being on social media screaming. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I think that could definitely, yeah, for real, because Hey, like we were saying the other day, I think many of us, most of us, many of us, we're going on social media, just no, for no debate, no willing to listen to the other side. We just want to say what we want to say. That's And just creating all this dirty water because it it creates more, it's just hard to debate or to talk about something so you know, such a volatile issue on a platform using words uh, on the screen rather. Yes. Um, Of course, using words Mm -hmm. in general can be hard to, you know, even in terms of speaking, but it's, it's um, on the, on the screen so much gets taken out of context and, and gets overblown and people get defensive and, and, and yeah, seeing, I imagine seeing the videos, any video I think I mentioned to you yesterday I don't even want to see someone squashing a, a spider and someone video it, you know, doing a video of that and posting it it's like that doesn't that, that's mm-hmm. really unnecessary um but that's me and it's me um I have a thing about yeah. violence yeah and so it's um and I don't like spiders but anyway so I think ultimately yeah, people are going to say they're going to do what they are going to do on social media. But I think that's at least at this point in time, I'm not seeing that as the place where problems are going to be solved or <laughs> unless maybe it's a, a, a private group or something and they got rules and guidelines about how people should behave. But just putting it out into the world with uh, billions of users and, expecting everybody to just hold hands and get along. Uh, I have seen that time and time again. That doesn't work. Everybody wants to just shout their outrage. They want to feel the outrage and perpetuate the outrage. And it's all out, 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 and not really in and thinking about, Mm -hmm. well, how am I reacting to this? Why am I reacting to this? What is this bringing up for me? What can I do? 
and I and I get sometimes in a situation like mm-hmm. this, I, I yeah. certainly feel this way too at times about feeling helpless and powerless and thinking that there is nothing I can do, but there is, and that's some of that involves having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Not online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Definitely. No, totally, it. totally. And the- <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think like, I think online sometimes can be like a conversation starter or, or something. And then, but definitely, um, yeah, I always say that actually just yesterday I was telling Felicia that I think sometimes like I'll post something and I'll be like, I actually don't want to have a debate about it. And if somebody doesn't agree with me and they pull, you know, they comment, I actually sometimes don't feel like engaging with, because what I really want to say is that can we take this offline or I wish it was somebody that we could be like in front of each other talking because I just think that sometimes too, a lot mm-hmm. of it gets lost. Um, a lot of the context, a lot of it get, gets lost. So I really don't think, I think, I think if anything, I mean, if anything, I think social media, maybe just the place where people just go and say what they want to say, rally their own supporters, but it's not really a place to have, Com- yeah, they have know, real, yeah, really meaningful conversation. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Get all the nuance um, and context, and and see the humanity of the person in front of you too, mm-hmm. in the process. And yep, mm-hmm. definitely. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I just I don't know. This is coming to mind again. Although I kind of feel like I touched on it, but I just want to bring this because it did come up today, um, where. Not only did I see it, but it, I mean, you know, in a comment, but I was actually, I saw this video, this guy had gone live. I don't even know, but I, I don't know how he ended up on my feed. And I just want to bring this up because I think these things, unfortunately, I wish I could say this is going to be the last, <laughs> um, this is the last um, black man who's going to be, you know, that, that I hope, I, I, would, I would love that, but I don't know, or the black, last a person of color or anything or the last time we're going to have an outrage around racism uh, um, in this country. So this guy went live and he was talking about how, you know, he's, you know, he's not against law enforcement and everything. And he was saying that what he saw, the video that, you know, George Floyd is a, is a human being and George Floyd, like, you know, he thinks that the officers need to get arrested. Okay, so, but here's the thing. Please don't, please let's not do that. He was like, but we need to <laughs> protest peacefully. Like, and right there, he lost me. I was like, okay, I'm not, because then I was like, this is where, like, that's the tone policing we're talking about. And he's white too. And you know what? I mean, I have to say, it's something that I'm still learning. And, um, but I hear it from the, you know, the social justice teachers that I follow, the ones who are talking about this. And I understand, sometimes I really understand it because sometimes I feel like saying the same thing. And this is not just for white people, but this is just sometimes, okay, this is not your time to come and lecture. This is not your time to like, this is actually your time to, to be silent and be an ally, you know, and, you know, and it's, it's really, yeah. and right there, it's that, that was that tone policing that we're talking about and telling us 
how, and this is why, and for me, I have to say, not that I want to veer off the subject, but I think porn policing in any way, like right now we're seeing it with voter shaming because people are expressing, you know, a lot of progressives are expressing concern over Biden or they're not 100% in line. So because of that, the, you know, many Biden supporters and who are people of color as well are doing a lot of voter shaming and tone policing. So, um, you know, it, and another thing, it's not effective. It's not effective. And definitely it's part of what they say is a racial bias. It's, it's part of being a racist when you want to police and tell people of color how they should um, demonstrate and demand and, you know, and show the, and express their anger and their frustration. Like there's a pro- when they so have a proper right rational to way angry. to do it. And if you don't, because do actually that, we, yeah. we don't want to hear you. So. We don't need to hear you. Mm-hmm. Especially when white people can do it and get away with it, but then black people can't do it. <laughs> More to come, so, I'm yeah. sure. Okay. There's, there's, there's a lot here. and um, Yes, definitely. Okay, yeah. cool. It's unfortunate that yes, we even so have much, to address so this. But. Okay. I know it is, it is unfortunate, but you know what? It is, it is, um, just the other day, actually, I think maybe I should end with this. So I keep saying that, but I just thought about when you said it's unfortunate, you know, I realized that a lot of my frustration at times and even anger and all of that. Well, I guess you'll, you'll say, maybe some people may want to tone police me because I've had even friends who don't agree with me. Oh, why are you so angry? <laughs> and I have to say, I, I noticed that I realized that a lot of it came from, I wish I could see many of those changes that I care about for humanity, whether it is race, whether it is in our politics, whether it is universal healthcare. Like, I wish I could see it, that I'll see it in my lifetime. And I am beginning to make peace with the fact that I may not see it in my lifetime and I'm learning to be okay with that and still be committed to doing my part and that the generation after me will see it. You know, I may, I may not see it, but um, the generation after me. So it's like, I shouldn't put my hands up and be like, I am done. Or it's taken too long. Because I'm not seeing it or being like, ah, you know, or, or being, Yes, it's taking, yes, because we're, it's taking too long. And I don't know, Felicia, if you remember, we were in a coaching call and uh, what time our, our coach at the time with Felicia and I were in a program and she was saying, oh yeah, things are changing. We're going to see it in our lifetime. And she was like, and probably like 40 years. And I just like, I was like, I think like I did like a passed out thing because I was like, really? Wait, am I still going to be alive? Or if I'm alive, oh my God, I'm going to be pretty. I'm like, oh no, you know, and that, yeah, so. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, okay, cool. Thank you all for listening and hopefully gave you some food for thought around this. Yes, thank topic. you. And um, some things to think about definitely. in your lives and how you relate definitely. to people. Yes, yes. And definitely be gentle. I want to say that too. Because sometimes we, 
we can be, beat ourselves mm-hmm. up. And actually, mm-hmm. Felicia, you know what? I'm going to make a note. We need to talk about that. We, we want to talk about that because uh, I, I have seen, oh, I don't follow these people, but I have seen um, some racial and social justice teachers sometimes who, that's the people who are using shame. Um, no, we don't, want, uh, we don't want that. So we want to remind people to be gentle. Like when you see yourself in the Amy Cooper or anybody else, actually the fact that you can see it and you're willing to like do something about it it's like, don't feel bad. Don't judge yourself because of it. Because actually, you're not going to be able to really be able to make a difference. You're not going to be able to do the work to, to dismantle it in yourself and to keep, you know, to keep doing the work and keep showing up. So um, definitely be gentle with yourself in that process. I, I really want to make sure um, that people get that. So definitely, we're going to talk about that another time because yep, I think that's absolutely. A, I that's agree a very that. important one to, to stress. Important to be gentle with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, learn with us, you know, learn from us and communicate with us and we will learn from them when yes they until next out. time so be well thank be you gentle. and until next time be kind to each other please yes yes take care okay definite we want to apologize for the poor quality of the audio that occurred for about less than a minute in the last few minutes of the episode we um this was not what occurred. It seemed as if it, that's how it showed up that Felicia and I were talking over each other, but that was not the experience when we were recording. So this must have been a glitch when it was being transferred in, through the software. We wanted to acknowledge and apologize for it. We chose to keep it since the episode is over an hour. And also we shared other things. So to keep the flow, we decided to keep it as is. I also wanted to clarify the name of the book that I that I mentioned, and at the time I had not read it. I know Felicia Felicia hasn't read it either. Um, at the time of the recording, I said the book was How to Not Be Racist. So the actual name of the book is How to Be an Anti-Racist, and the name of the author is Ibram X. Kendi. Uh, since then, I've actually uh, read the book and I also have um, listened to a few of his talks. I've uh, attended online, virtually attended some um, talks where he was the main guest. I, he also, um, I saw a special where he was one of Oprah Winfrey's guests in the past few months. So, and I have to say, I highly recommend the book. And I also think that this is why I really wanted to make it a point to share this at the end of this episode is because it really fits our topic, today's topic, which is racial bias, because he does a great job defining what is being racist and what is being an anti-racist. So wanted to share that with you. Thank you for listening to us today. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode, found something to reflect on and have conversations with the people in your life. We release an episode every two weeks on Thursday. We would appreciate it if you'd subscribe to our podcast as this will also let you know when new episodes are available to listen to. Leave us a review and keep coming back for more. We'd love to hear from you through your feedback and appreciate your reviews as they help others find our podcast as well. Until next time, be well.